Welcome to Keith and the Girl. I'm Keith Malley. I'm Chemda. July 4th is Keith and the Girl Day. Go to keithandthegirl.com slash store. Get your t-shirt to throw on social media. Get your shot glasses. Shirts, by the way, Chemda, are going and going fast. We're at the final sizes, right? Yeah. Um, I, I Yesterday, somebody bought a shirt. We were already out of that size, but it's it, it was just flipped over so quickly that I couldn't keep track of it. Visit social media for a coupon code. We're under Keith and the Girl for everything, and you'll get a little uh, discount. But uh, be part of this. July 4th, this uh, pandemic isn't stopping us from connecting. If we got to do a virtual now, we'll do it virtual. It's always a fun time of year. And July 4th is next week. If you haven't started hearing the fireworks and letting that be your first hint, it's here. Right. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, let's get right into it. Today's guest featured on Gotham Comedy Live, BET, Comedy Central, and a good friend of my girlfriend's, Sergio Chacon. Hello, Sergio. Keith, how are you? Hamda, how are you? Hey, you never, have you ever had an introduction that included a good friend of my girlfriend? (laughs) That, it, it like, did it feel a little threatening to you? Yeah, it was very passive aggressive. No eye contact. My palms got sweaty. I'm like, what, what am I walking, what have I walked into? And apparently they like to regularly talk Sergio Chacon. <laughs> you guys met uh, doing stand-up, right? And then you started uh, boxing in a gym that she worked in, teaching boxing, right? That's correct. That is and correct. Then, uh, then she moved to a different gym. You you work at the, that gym sometimes. Are you going crazy? Because these fitness people, like if Kyle doesn't go for a run, she's mental. So... You know, and I know, you know, that, you know, these fitness people, it's, I, I'm trying not to exercise so much so I don't become like you guys who need to stretch all the time, who, who uh, start seeing clouds and their, you know, dark clouds in their head because they didn't get to, uh, you know, run up fake steps. Are you it's all right? A, it's, it's too it's late now. But, yeah. It's a real thing, man. We have, uh, we, we, we behave like squirrels. We're always like, you know. Right. Just Fitches looking for that. Yeah. Looking for that nut. And the nut is you know, just breaking a sweat, but I've been good. I've been doing well. I mean, I've adapted quickly. I was hung over when the pause hit. It was like one day to get that shit together because what happens is I can no longer train people at the gym. So the options were virtual. And the idea of that was like gross. I was just like, I don't want to be like Billy Blanks on the screen. Like what? <laughs> but man, I'm doing it. And I'm doing, you know, I jumped into it and I'm doing a bunch of things I wouldn't have thought, but it's actually working out. It's a different animal and I'm having fun with it. And now that the pause has been lifted a little bit, I'm starting to take people out in the park, you know? So it's right. Good. Well, do people cheat on a, on a Zoom workout? Oh, absolutely, man. They blame it on the screen. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I, I'm doing the pushups. All I see is like a, their bun, just like on the side. <laughs> on their head right yeah just you know they let you know i cheat so i have actually a friend of mine who's a yoga instructor and just to be innovative and creative with all this shit that we're dealing with i figured i'll do a half hour shadow boxing body weight exercises and she'll close the show with a half hour yoga yeah i can't do that yoga i lay on my side like i'm look, i look like michael jackson in the thriller cover just laying on the side just, right Making sure the camera's not, you know, facing towards me. I'm like, yeah, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. Right. I love that. I love that you called it a show. 
You're like, oh, start the show with shadow boxing and then we'll end with yoga, a little namaste and om session. And we have our opener. Here we go. Exactly. I'm, I'm trying to just fucking pillage from all the different worlds I'm making my own. This, this body of right. work. <laughs> How old's your uh, daughter now, who I met not too long ago? Charlie is eight years old. Eight. And is that yeah. how long you is that how long you've been sober also? No drugs, yeah. no drinking? Yeah. Because, about eight because, years. because she was born? That's when you knew absolutely. I gotta step up. Yeah, absolutely. I would say six months in. I was like, I can't I can't do I can't do it all. I can't be a trainer. I can't do stand-up. I can't be a a a, a good father with all with that going on. So I eliminated that shit. How what, did you what, stop? What, yeah, how did you stop? What woke you up? I know you drank a lot and did coke a lot. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you. It I'm was, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I gotta interrupt you. This personality and high energy to coke on top of everything. Right. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> I mean, oh, you didn't know him. That you didn't know. <laughs> His eyes are right in the camera. Yeah, you didn't. Oh, you didn't know. I used to get fucked up. <laughs> Just another personality comes up. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's actually I'm, funny that I I. Every time I bump into someone from back in the days, it's like that, you know. That like, I had a, I had a, a buddy, right? And um, he, he only, you know, he only. That's what his thing was. He never he drank. Yeah, right. he, he never drank. So I didn't understand that. <laughs> I didn't understand. I never met anyone like that. That's like very rare, right? I see him at, at Gotham eight years ago, right? And um, he was drinking. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you drink. He's like, oh, sir, you didn't know? I've been getting fucked up. <laughs> like he got a new credit or something, right? Like he was just <laughs> a late night. He's like, oh, yeah, baby, I've been getting fucked up. I'm like, damn. So you, how, how bad was it or how great was it? Um, it, I, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, scratching the face, sores, you know, empty out the bank account bad. Ba- bank account bad. It was um, uh, bad. My uh, according on my terms, like I don't think anyone was able to really tell, but for me, it very much felt unmanageable, and I was very unhappy, and it was disrupting the relationship with uh, the people I love most, but most importantly myself. And the way I perceived the world was uh, was becoming dark, you know. It was a very lonely place, and I had to fix that shit up, clean it up real fast. How'd you do it? Uh, several attempts, uh, and, 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 t- and getting better was, uh, cold turkey that never worked. Uh, then I would create this thing in my head where, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll just drink. Yeah. Once a month. So technically I'll just be getting fucked up 12 times a year. I told myself that. Yeah. I'll just get- once a month. That never worked. <laughs> you know, I, I, I told myself I would do it once a week. That never, you know. So there was a, a constant uh, plan. There was always a plan, but I couldn't execute the plan. And finally, it, it took that. It took me to the point where I had to seek professional help, and that was like an outpatient thing. So it would be, you know, a meeting with professionals three times a week, group sessions, and then I had the therapist, and that sort of structure. Being held accountable, um, paying a little money for it, um, I right. was, was was helpful, and also sharing uh, 
the journey with the people I love. Letting them know this is what I'm doing. This is what I have to do to get better. Um, support me in it, you know. And I had that support hard. So, wow, well, eight, eight years is a long time. To, when uh, when the coronavirus hits and you're stuck at home, does does that affect it at all, or you have it all? Absolutely, absolutely. I'll tell you this. Um, as soon as Corona hit, I was like, "This is the perfect time," you know. Right. And then that 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 feeling goes How can away. I fuck th- how can I fuck things up if I can't leave my house? Right, right. So you think like that. Like you, I start, I, I have this vision in my head, like, oh, yeah, I'll just have a cold one. And, you know, and I'll buy a pack of cigarettes. I'll just take a walk around the block. No one's out. Like, that all goes to the head. All those things are um, combated easily. Like, I could, those are little skirmishes because I get involved in so many positive things that those are just thoughts at this point. Right, because I look forward to caring for my daughter. I look forward to going for a run. I, I built so many d- different things that give me positive, a positive outlet that they're very small. So I guess kind of brush it off the so uh, the, the shoulder at this point. Thank goodness. Right. Th- does your wife drink? She does sporadically. You know. Is that tough at all? No, not at all. I actually uh, prefer that she drinks. <laughs> right. Why you get a little taste? <laughs> No, I just I just think she's having a good time, and I want her to have a good time. <laughs> oh, everyone, everyone tolerate my bullshit. Everyone gets a little loose. Like, yeah. oh, you're so funny, Sergio. Instead of like, Sergio, please, I can't. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Is she into exercise the way you are? Because Kyle does not let up. <laughs> no, she's she can be, but you know, uh, not not like me. Yeah, let me I, let me ask you this. Based on your eye movement, is she in the room somewhere? Oh, absolutely. Okay, all right. <laughs> but I also have a lot of shit going on in my apartment. I'm a big animal lover. I'm like two, I'm like two animals away from being an animal horde. I got eight snakes, two cats, a pit bull, you know, so they're constantly zigzagging around. So I'm like, I'm in the wilderness right now. I'm like, you what, have what is, how many snakes? Eight. Let's edit okay. that, right? They're not all legal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you see, so you still have to party. Yeah. Something's <laughs> got to take the place of drinking, right? Yeah. Yo, you're not lying, bro. You know? What is your love of snakes about? Well, it's just that. They're illegal. So I meet somebody on Craigslist. <laughs> it's exotic. Right. I go to the park. You know, I'm waiting at the park for the snake that might not never come. It might not ever come. <laughs> You know, that's the thrill. You got to take a shit the whole time. Like, yeah, that's they going to come. I paid a snake, head like an asshole, right? Yeah. <laughs> the snake comes like, is it going to be healthy? Is it going to be a good snake? Or is it going to be a snake that fucks me up? Is you it know? like a snake, but it's made out of oregano? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Are they, are they roaming around the snakes? No, no, no. I've been a big, a big animal lover since I can remember. And now that I have my own place with a nice amount of space. It's really as a hobby. I build these naturalistic enclosures with like coconut bedding trees and, you know, and I put them in there and it's, it's just a peaceful thing for me. I enjoy them. I really enjoy the majestic beasts they are. <laughs> nothing more, nothing calls me down more than seeing a tiny snake eat a big fat fucking mouse. It's so, <laughs> it's like slow music when you see it going down the throat into the yeah, I love it all, man. I love it all. I, yeah, you know, it's 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 only something, and we're called herps. Guys like me are called herps. That the, the herps, like it comes from uh, herpetology, the study not of herpes but of reptiles. Believe it or not, I have no idea how that came about. 
But um, I'd fight it. I'd fight that. <laughs> I'd yeah, say the full I'm a, word myself. I'm, a I'm, I'm owning it. Right. I'm a herb. I'm an AIDS. I like to help out animals. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Sergio, you can hear, by the way, he was on uh, Nonsense with Kyle and uh, Carmen. That's uh, where you may have first uh, heard him if you're listening to uh, Keith and the Girl. I I follow you on Twitter, Sergio, at Sergio Chacon. And you, your, little, your bio says, I'm more impressed by the bio that says, I'm a father, comic, fighter, personal trainer, and student of life. What did you learn lately by life? <laughs> I've learned... Uh, I'll tell you, I, I've learned that I um, the ability ability to adapt. I, I can adapt quite well, man. Like I'm having a great time during this pause. It hasn't phased me none. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I've learned. I've learned I'm very adaptable. When you embrace it, when you embrace that change, it's all good. It's when we when we put too much resistance. I like that. That Keith, that qualifies. You were trying to fucking burn, but uh, I think the smoke came yeah. your way. Do you get nervous um, seeing Kyle's kids and the, when they get into trouble, knowing that uh, eventually your kid's going to be the same age? No, not at all, because... I hit the, my kids. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, uh, right. Kyle keeps trying this stupid love approach. And it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Baby, it's not working. A little less love. Try it. Honestly, man, it's easy to get caught up with, you know, with the possibilities for the future hold. But I try not to even think about it too much. Present time, I'm just trying to do all the right things and be present. So I don't really allow that to occupy occupy too much space, really. As far as the past as well, I don't go back there too much either right here. Because all the other shit, man, is just noise, really. I've learned every time I do a little too much of that, I feel rattled and anxious. I don't do a lot of that shit. I, I try to. I try to. The, you like, you're like the, where are you from? New York, born and raised, Lower East Side. Lower East Side. Yeah, wow. and I'm still out here. I'm still out here. So you're the Lower East Side Buddha. Like, there's just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. You, you were raised on the Lower East Side. And how old are Correct. you, can I ask? 40. Oh, boy. You saw everything. It was a war zone, Hemda. It was a war zone. <laughs> People love to hear that. People who live, who've been living out in the Low East Side for like two weeks, they love to hear old Low East Side stories. <laughs> yeah, yes. it was a war zone. And I do this in my head. It was a fucking <laughs> war zone. It wasn't. I mean, there was a lot of... <laughs> Forget about it. If I tell them I've been to the Bronx, they're like, oh my God, really? <laughs> tell them you're from the Bronx or the Low East Side in the 90s. They, it's charming to them. They're like, oh my well, I didn't. I didn't know. Like, I I discovered the the Lower East Side about twenty five years ago, and it was just in at the. It, it wasn't dangerous anymore. If I, I people get so offended when I say dangerous about their neighborhood, but I don't. Mm, come on, a little bit. Um, but it was just before everything changed, and I don't. Okay, you're looking at me like that, and you should. But it was known for heroin. Uh, Keith and I met at um, a, a, a location where it was above a brothel on on Allen Street. Really, um, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah Kendall yeah. was a prostitute. And <laughs> just still going. <laughs> still going strong. Ha- right, I it ha- happened to be above a brothel, but it was like this uh, open open mic freak show where anybody can do anything for six eight minutes. And homeless people took advantage because it was only three dollars, so they can be there for hours. 
Wow. But That's also the, fucking cool. The <laughs> it was very cool. But the like rent it. used to be, you know, please live here. And now the rent is just well, one of the most expensive neighborhoods in New York. Yeah. You, yeah, absolutely. You, I um <clears throat> I'm not at all offended by people's idea of the old Lower East Side. In fact, I enjoy talking about it. I didn't think it was a big deal when I was a young kid and I saw drugs, you know, being sold and done right in front of me. I, did, I just, I, it was normal to me. It took years later for that stuff to be removed and see a whole different life. I was like, oh shit, that's not really the way it's supposed to be. But that's the way it was there. So the violence, drugs and all that stuff, it's actually... It's fun to talk about to people because people it people are so interested in hearing about it. I love sharing anything I've experienced in regards to that because uh, it was just uh just what it was. But it never feels like oh it wasn't that bad. It was it was it was a lot of drugs. I remember seeing a guy who had a tattoo of a syringe on his forearm and he used to shoot up in the syringe. That's commitment to your drug. That's like a different body of energy moving around you and his buddies all like <laughs> his buddies all did drugs and, yeah and it was just there was a bunch of characters like that but you have to understand it was also intertwined with a bunch of artists too i remember seeing people sell their shit and the sidewalk and it was like really cool stuff i always felt like there was music going on like a topkin square park and, and things like that. So at the same time, there was uh, uh, like a, a nice mix of very creative people, but there was a lot of drugs and there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of gangs, not colored gangs, like, uh, like, uh, like bloods and crips, but more like block gangs, like individual cliques like that. Like block well, I have to a, block. We have a friend, um, Jess Wood, who who talks about she she was a heroin addict for a while, and well, she I also have no idea. I know yeah Jess. yeah she's been clean for a while. She also sold weed. Um, at, we met her on the Lower East Side. She sold weed, and um, she said something, and I I think I'm getting this right. Like it seems like the Lower East Side at the time, everybody knew who your neighbors were. So if you enter and you're not really part of whatever's happening there, you're sort of like illuminated and she was one of the few people i think the few white people who were able to go in and and not you know not have a siren on on her right. does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah a lot of times the, so when you there's certain uh, blocks that were anytime you saw a white person that you knew they were copying drugs and for a lot of the drug dealers they would just look at that like a custy <laughs> AKA customer, you know? Oh, that's but a cute a name. Of, no, yeah, I wouldn't Kusky. have figured that out. Thank you, Sergio. <laughs> the, cops, the cops don't know what's going on. <laughs> what are these words? <laughs> right. hey, hey, by the way, I'm sorry. Let me, uh, is this in the way that my, uh, I voted sticker? Let me just move that. Okay. <laughs> uh, just making the world a better place. Speaking of which, uh, so it's, it was the democratic primaries yesterday here in, uh, New York. And I went and voted. And of course, you know, there's other, there's all these things. I don't know what to do. So I voted all chicks, except for that bad one, you know. And the more foreign sounding, the better. I, so I hope I played it right. And America. Then, yeah. And then you pick, you know, who who do you want to run against Trump? And you know, the only answer is Biden. But if you're not a fucking dork, 
you pick somebody else because then when the time actually comes against Trump, you go Biden. But in the meantime, you say, hey, this is who I would actually like. So I voted for Bernie so that uh, Democrats know, hey, people do like these kinds of policies. So I go the uh, I go the extra mile. I uh, I open up the paper and they're saying, well, Biden was picked far and away. And it's like, no shit, idiot. You're all a bunch of bores at parties. <laughs> and then you wrote like, I'm going to pick this one. He's the only one. Keith, you are not a bore, not at a party or a podcast. You just made voting fun. I make voting fun. I have a good time. You know, it went to, I also wanted to see what the vibe is. You know, I, they're, they're uh, Democrats. They're going to be wearing uh, masks. They're at the, they're at the, uh, you know, they, you know, they're going to care, you know, they're going to social distance and that kind of thing. So I felt safe and, uh, and everybody was nice and I got my stickers and, uh, I don't I don't know if it's because things are so weird now that it's not business as usual, because usually when I vote, it, it it's the saddest thing because so the, whoever's at the door to greet you is asleep. They're, the, you know, they they're too old to stay awake. Um, anytime I they I finish voting, they'll look at my voting record like somebody will see what I just voted. I'm like, I don't know how that's Ill how that's legal. Uh, but yeah, everything uh, ran smoothly <laughs> yesterday. I was very surprised. Congratulations. Some heroes have no capes. That's that's very true. That is very true. Uh, I'm seeing coronavirus all over uh, America is going up again because uh, everybody thinks that something changed and it's a free-for-all. Phase two. Uh, average number, what's that? Phase two. Phase two. Uh, I, I don't know if that would America go crazy if we went back to phase zero. Because nothing's new. Wait until you have a, I don't know, what do you think, Sergio? Wait until we have a vaccine in September, October. What are people thinking? In the last seven days, let's see, average number of daily new confirmed COVID-19 cases in the U.S. The last seven days, 30,000. Previous seven days, 22,000. Seven days before that, 20,000. It's going up in a big way. But these are going on like in, uh, in Florida, Texas, and shit like that, places like that. Not in New York, though, right? We'll see. Yeah. No, I think I think New York is doing <clears throat> I think we're doing well. Good. And, you know, the, 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 the fact of the matter is I was uh, – I'm still very careful. I'm moving forward, and I'm excited about the openings. Like, I'm enthusiastic about it. And then on, on a personal level, you know, my mother's older. When I visit, I have to wear the mask. If I figure, if I feel like I've been around, if I've been hanging out a little too much, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't see my mom in like 10 days. That's just the way it is, right? But what I'm trying to say is that uh, I feel like I just got to take care of my body and mind because looking at numbers like that and taking on all that information, I just feel like it just extracts energy from me. When I hear about the spikes and everything, I'm like, fuck, the only thing I can do is be as responsible with my immediate family and my friends. But if I look at numbers, if I spend so much time on the news, that shit makes me depressed, you know? Guys, I, it, Sergio, it, Sergio will be running the OMAC club for uh, <laughs> for the rest of the time. <laughs> right. I, I get mad at these. That, how is haircuts essential? How the fuck is haircuts essential? First of all, where are you going? Who cares what your hair looks like? Where are you going? Because that's not the end of it. You get a haircut and then you go back in your house. No, but you know, I know, I know that we're shitting on people. I think everyone's doing it a little bit wrong and a little bit right. But I don't know that it has so much to do with the actual haircuts as much as it has to do with some people just have to go back to work. Um, 
not that, you know, that's a reason, but if you're going to open things up, I think it gives people uh, their finances, their livelihoods, you know, that's, that's the, the haircut. Sergio, did you shave yourself or did you go to a place? I do it myself. Oh, I'm good with it. Easy. It's like brushing my teeth. I do it every fucking day. You're not going to see me walking around with a ring. I don't do the ring. It's like brushing my teeth every day. Save my right whole here. head. Look how straight. Yeah, I put my finger there. Boom. It's it's easy. Easy. <laughs> straight straight edges on the uh, beard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you easy. Don't mess around. <laughs> yeah. But. Like, you, I, I, Obviously, I don't want to sound like an asshole. Obviously, we all, we all have to go back to work. I just can't help but think you're the 14th person in line at the barbershop next to my house. And I'm like, for what? For what? Yeah. I for mean, what, listen. Sergio? Yeah. Well, yeah, look, I, yeah I mean, I, you mentioned these other states. Oh, maybe it's not New York. It's these other states because they're opening up. And slowly, New York is now, too. So we'll catch up with those other states. No worries. Yeah. Yeah, we may. But listen, man, you know what I'm thinking about? What's immediately affecting me is fucking fireworks. And because my pit bull, this poor girl right here, is a is a mess. She is paralyzed by fear of the off of the the sound of the fireworks. So that's my battle. Who the fuck is blowing these fireworks up? And where the hell did they get them from? Probably Pennsylvania. Right. I mean, but I understand people are bored. They've been at their home. At home for two months, they can't really go to the club. They really can't go to the bar. The only thing they can do, and they can barely get a haircut without someone shitting on them, <laughs> they're going to blow up fireworks. It feels good. It's an outlet. I get it, man. But it's terrorizing my dog. So that's my battle. It's like right. they were blowing up fireworks in, in, in the street yesterday. And you should have saw me. I put on my tightest shirt. I shortened my neck, you know, to look a little tougher. And I walked <laughs> outside. <laughs> and I, you know, you know, no hat, you know. Right. Even lit up a cigarette on American Spirit because I try to be as safe as possible. And there was 12 dudes blowing up fireworks. You know what I did? I went right back home. I went sure. right back inside. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know they came in packs. Yeah, yeah there was 12. I count. I'll say this. One, two, or oh, 12 <laughs> men blowing up explosives. I'll go back inside. I went back inside to my wife. They're almost done. <laughs> <laughs> They're almost done. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's just, people, you got to understand, man. People are pent up. They got to have some release. Listen, they're done by two o'clock in the morning. It's fine. It's fine. Right. Right. They're shooting bottle rockets at, at each other. I yell at my window, what the fuck? And they're like, well, you wouldn't let us get a haircut. <laughs> There's right. some wild people out there. You got to understand people are reacting to the shit in the weirdest ways, man. You know, they're isolated. Some people are drinking. You know, you don't know what, what's going on with people. I'll tell you, during that five-day curfew was the scariest days because not everyone was respecting the curfew. There was people who, there was like creepers out there. Four o'clock in the morning, the second to the last day of the curfew, we hear a bang. And I said, we, me and my wife, right? My wife. So wakes me up. She says, babe, I think there's someone in the building. I have a ground level apartment. I have my own entrance. But we felt like someone broke into the main entrance. Sure enough, we look on the cell phone because we have a surveillance camera. We see two guys stealing packages. So my, they, my camera's like a minute or two behind. They take the packages. I got to give them props, though. They did a clean job. They didn't break a glass. They like They did it the right way. They picked the lock. They went in. They got the shit. They were a little bit, you know, pulled a, you know, they had a cart with them. They were very organized. I was, I they, were they were gentlemen. They were gentlemen about it. I walked down the block during curfew, right, with my pit bull. And I look and they, you know, they, they were quick. They acted quick. They opened the packages. 
that I found the packages of my neighbor's shit on the floor, like a half block away. I go back to sleep. That's 4.30 in the morning. 5.30 in the morning, I hear another pop, like a bang. I'm like, what the hell is this? I peek out my window like this, because early in my bed, like an old man. And right across the street from me, there's a brownstone, beautiful brownstone. And it annoys me that someone bought that recently, because you know they have a lot of fucking money. That's me being, you know, <laughs> whatever. That's me being insecure. Like, why am I mad at someone for having the money to buy a $4 million brownstone? I, I, I don't like them for that reason. But anyway, <laughs> I see a woman, well-dressed, with fucking wedges on. See how wedges, like bow tie on the top of her ankle, securing these wedge shoes. Okay. She got a nice blouse, purse, her hair's done, and she's smiling like that. Five o'clock in the morning, she proceeds to climb over the gate onto the brownstone steps on her hands and knees. Me and my wife are looking at her through the window. She goes to the brown uh, to the to the door, the, uh, get right to the door. She pulls out a hammer, starts smashing the glass. Psh, psh, looking around, smiling, laughing. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? So my thought is, oh, she's just drunk. She had a, a long night, and she's trying to get into her apartment. That was my initial thought. Then I thought, no, that's crazy. She looks like she's fucking nuts. She's trying to break into this shit. The neighbor, the people who own the brownstone, they open the curtain, they're looking at her, and she's yelling at them with a the hammer. I don't know what she's saying, so it's inaudible, right? She proceeds to crawl down the brownstone steps backwards, like like a like a honey badger, you know, backwards. <laughs> she climbs over the gate. You can unlatch the gate at this point. She proceeds to. She moonwalks backwards up the block with the hammer, like this, talking to herself. So I'm thinking, was this a looter? No, it doesn't fit the description. Oh, what's the description, Shirts? Don't be, don't stereotype. You know what the, you know what the stereotype fucking looter is? A motherfucker that looks like me. She didn't look like me. She was like, you know, I'm thinking maybe she's a disgruntled lover, right? Who else does a, a crime like that? Did drugs all night, popped some pills, you know. But she moonwalked. She walked backwards the whole way up to the to the next street with the hammer, yelling. Do you that's tell it? That, that's all she did? She hammered in a window and left? She left, yeah, that's it. And then giggled and proceeded to walk all the way up the block with her wedges. She had fucking wedges on. No, wedges are tough to be climbing and- Committed crimes with wedges? And shattering glass with a little bow holding up your shoes? Oof, oof! Are wow. you are you missing are you missing half of a finger, Sergio? I am. Look at that. Oh. Your index finger, your right index finger. How'd you cut yeah. it off? Table saw. Still got the nail saw. though. Look at that. Look the nail. Jesus. That's a good good work right there. That's good, that craft, good. craftsmanship right there. You only have one bend in your finger, but you still got the nail. <laughs> yeah. So How'd they right. do that? <laughs> I mean. Dr. Way, I don't remember people. Uh, I don't remember people's names for shit. I'm terrible with names. I'm pretty bad with faces. I'm just a little burnt out. I meet a lot of people, but I remember the surgeon who repaired my hand. His name is Dr. Way, and he hooked me up, man. So I had a couple of options. I cut off on a table saw, and they said, we "What were you take doing with the table saw? What were you doing?" I, w- I was laying down some hardwood floor in my apartment. The last cut in the wood, mm. and the, the last cut had a knot in it, and I'm working with this table saw, not on a table, but on the fucking brand new floor. And it's slipping and sliding. (laughs) 
slipping and sliding, moving backwards like the lady with the hammer. Oh, man. Last cut, six inches. And it popped up. And it went up my hand. Could have been my nuts. I'm, I'm actually pretty lucky. But I cut the I saw, finger. Okay, you cut off the finger. First of all, does any of that stuff kick in that they talk about where it doesn't hurt yet? And did you have your shit together? Who picked up the other side of the finger? What was well, the trip? It, <laughs> it, it, it cut like a sausage. So it cut like this. And it's opened up. So it was all like intact. It was just mangled and open, like wide open. Oh, so it didn't have a clean cut. It cut down the middle. Yeah. Oh, Uh, God. Yeah. There's a lot of shit in there. I had no idea. The the colors that were in in there, I had no idea. It was very complicated. I was like, wow, just white lines and shit protruding out at weird angles. It was pulverized. Did you stay calm? I was like, this all shit. You ever see a big okay, you ever yeah, yeah. You ever see like a big ass water bug just when you're about to go to bed, you're like, ah, oh, you're trying to kill it. You're like, oh, imagine that times a hundred. I was like, oh because you don't want to deal with it, but you know you're fucked, right? Oh, How'd you get to that. the hospital? Um because <laughs> New Yorkers, I don't I forget that you can call an ambulance. Like New Yorkers yeah, were like, I, I'll take I'll take a cab. Yeah, I took a cab. Yeah, we're such weirdos. Funny. I think I took a livery car service. I think I supported like the local livery car service. And they're like, Demon Loco will be there in five minutes, five minutes. And I was like, how much to St. Vincent? They're like, oh, for you, 20. I can't do no better. I was like, I just cut my finger because you do it for 10. They're like, no, for you, I do it for 20. And you know, and he came with like a fucking limousine with the boomerang in the back, bubble tinted windows. Just like this. You know what? Because people people don't know before Ubers, when we had to call it, I don't think it's like this outside of New York, but I remember calling up cabs and I would be sweating before I, I picked up the call and we would decide which one of us was calling. And it was very rare that we did because everything was like $25 minimum, right? Just to get to one place. So we'd be like, all right, who's calling? All right, I'm calling. Okay. Get the address ready. Have it, even if you know it, if it's your own address, write it down so you're looking at it because they will hang up on you. So you pick up, you don't even know what he's saying. You got to know that you're not going to know what he's saying. That's him saying, where are you going? Right? Yes. Okay. So you pick up, he's like, where are you going? And you're like, oh, I'm going to. And as as soon as you say, uh, he hangs up. He hangs up. Fig- That's it. Figure your shit up. And then Come you when you're back. ready. Now they're like, uh, thank you so much for your service. <laughs> Now, how I did survive? Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about people who can adapt. How the fuck does Sunrise Dominican Car Service survive? Like, I'm, I'm amazed by people, man. We are resilient, man. We, we're, we're special. The palm readers, every time I see that, palm readers have prime real estate in the Lower East Side. It's this lady just sitting in the front. I got, I had one lady. I was shooting a sketch. I forgot the fuck the sketch was. And I was in front of one of those palm reading places. And I was in awe at the fact that she had this property and like on 10th Street Avenue Way. I was like, how does she survive? Who goes in there? Who pays this money? And she heard me. She got so pissed off. She came out with a broom. She said, you get out of here. You're being very disrespectful. I'm like, ah. <laughs> she was pissed. I, I wonder that every time because no one's going you never see anybody going in and out. And they have, like you said, prime real estate. They have a window where they just sit there or they sit outside and they are sitting, their their heads are in their in their laps, in their hands, sorry. And it's $5 a reading and you know they're upselling and you know they're like basically robbing you after you go back in there. But 
And then sometimes you see like five kids in the background, like yeah. one with one with diapers, and you're like, wait, yeah. how many? It, it, it looks like a clown car of a house because right. the front of the store is very <laughs> narrow. It's like you're like in Amsterdam and looking at like windows of you know hookers, except right, this right. is it's just like that. And then all of a sudden, the back like you know secret door will open and like three kids come out and then like an auntie comes out and, and she yeah, be in the middle of a reading. Maybe the kid takes over. I don't know. Yeah. The readers always have way too many clothes on. The kids have way too little clothes. Yes! Never, like it's just so weird. They always like, I always see pale legs. Like they're always pale. Yeah. Someone, like, someone's always in a diaper. There's always, someone's a, kid always in a, a diaper. diaper. It, might, it, it could be soiled. We don't know. It's just, no. and it looks, I would never feel like walking in there. Like it, it looks like it would make me feel uneasy. Like walking by is like, ugh. so it, it turns out after I, um, I got scolded by this woman, there was a, a customer and she was in and out of there like 12 times in the ATM. So there's people that, there's people Damn. that do it, man. People want to be sold on, Something, man. They just want it. They need something, man. And you know, and that was that. That's so for a lot of people. We don't know these people. Having a fucking palm read, you know, someone talking about them and their future, and they love it. Right. And they'll pay for that shit. A little attention, some accuracy there, you know. Oh yeah, I have an uncle named Ben. You know, I am a person. Man? Yeah, right. <laughs> you're you're gonna die in July 2020. Oh, we're out of time. There's an ATM around the corner. Well, sure. There's another 20. Why not? Uh, right. You mentioned your what is your uh, nationality? Puerto Rican, right, right. So my my, my mother is Puerto oh. Rican, and my father was half Puerto Rican, half Dominican. Okay, yeah, I could tell kind of that's in the eyes. No, um, I totally thought Dominican. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the the last name is very Dominican. Chicong. Mm. It's like found hey. in the jungles of Dominican Republic. There's no other place where you can find that last name, Chicong. I remember in uh, uh, in Sergio's stand-up, he mentions how uh, he was dating a white woman, and she asked, "What's the difference between Puerto Ricans and Mexicans?" <laughs> like, well, you know. <laughs> so stupid. You know, I I love and hate that joke because it's my go-to if I'm struggling on stage. It's an old fucking joke, but it always works. It's like one of those. And I hate myself after doing it. You know, you ever have a bit like that? Like, oh, I'm such a fucking cheat. I suck. <laughs> like, I'm so, what the hell am I doing in my life? I, I have apologize no to the audience. Yeah, I'm so I do. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I, you, you guys are better than that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, what else do I want to talk to you about? Oh, by the way, speaking of masks, I thought this was funny. Jesse Case on Twitter wrote, we need a better term for people that won't wear masks. How about respiratory truthers or droplet deniers or can't make anyone come crew. <laughs> like, you're right. I saw, I saw, uh, you probably did too. DL Hughley's doing a performance. Nobody's wearing masks. He uh, passes out on stage. Surprise, surprise. He has COVID-19. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, my, my boy, uh, I just saw Norman. You guys know Mark Norman. I, I saw like a little clip of the first show he did. After, you know, this whole mess. And he wasn't wearing a mask. And the crowd was, I mean, it's like one of these fucking improv rooms. You know, these corporate rooms feel like 400. So it was half full. 200 people. Nobody was wearing a mask yeah. in Texas. And the the everything is lifted. The gyms are open. And there's been a spike in Texas. Like, it's just it's wild. 
It's crazy. And then DL Hughley gives us advice, like we shouldn't perform on stage so fast. <laughs> like, no, you did it. I don't. I don't need the Rolling Stones to tell me to stop doing drugs. You know, you did it. <laughs> You're the one who did it. Yeah, that's oh, that's not, that's scary, man. He passed out on stage. Yeah, he he says something, but it sounds like he's having a stroke. You can't tell what he says. The audience laughs because it didn't make any sense, and then he falls off the stool. Yeah, that's oh, wild, man. Shit. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's it's like, hey, when did you find out you had COVID? Oh, I was on stage, had a little mini seizure, fell off the stool. Right. But, you know, you, packed the house. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you you were protesting for Black Lives Matter, right? You know, it was under that umbrella. My main focus and was the police brutality. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I, that's when I, when I heard about Breonna Taylor, when I heard about George Floyd, um, a lot of feelings start to surface, and I felt strong about that. And you know, it just so happens that it was under the umbrella of Black Lives Matter. Like those were the people, I guess, who organized the protest. So I definitely protested with them. But I, I don't. I, I support a lot of what Black Matters does, but I don't know enough about them to like really. I just don't know enough. I know a lot about police brutality and what reforms and changes I would like to see take place in that area. But when it comes to Black Lives Matter, that's such a broad spectrum that I'm not able to grasp fully. I got to keep my battles narrow. It sounds to me like you get it. Yeah. Well, I I got police brutality, you know. So when when, when I'm marching at a protest and they're talking about justice uh, for George Florida, Breonna Taylor, I get that. And I get that police need to fucking be held accountable for their dirtbag actions. Now, when it comes to Black Lives Matter, obviously, right? But there's so many different facets and so many different arguments and battles that come intertwined with that, that I try to stay focused on police brutality because I know that. I experienced that. So I try to channel my energy and support to that. So I feel like there's some traction. If I'm like, going off in too many different directions and not being goal-oriented, it, it feels very, it's very tiring and exhausting. What's, what's the experiences you had? Well, you know, everything from stop and frisk, you know, when I wasn't the, uh, the perp to uh, having friends who were beaten by cops to having the gun pulled out on me uh, because they thought I was a, 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 a burglar or something. To a time I was at, at a Puerto Were Rican you Day giggling parade. with a hammer? No, no. I was, no? no, I was walking. Okay, in my defense, right, in the cop's defense, okay, I, I hopped out of a livery cab or a, a yellow taxi, and then undercovers came with a gun. I'm like, it's just five bucks. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't require a gun to the head. <laughs> oh, you so hopped I out committed meaning a crime. Mm-hmm. I committed a, a, a very little, 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 itsy bitsy crime. And they came out, they were very aggressive. And then another time, you know, I'm at the Puerto Rican Day Parade, having a good time, wearing my, 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 you know, the wife beater fresh out the box. I might have had a little tape on it, you know, fresh out the box. No yellow armpit stains. Smells like fresh you keep cotton. The t- you keep the tape on that says it's a large? <laughs> I might have forgotten. Then I peeled it off. So satisfying. <laughs> and then I use it to exfoliate my chapped lips. <laughs> so I'm walking. And I'm, you know, I'm shaped up nice. This one I had hair. I had like a number two fade. It felt like suede straight across. Early 2000. And I'm walking on the grass. And this cop 
stocky little, you know, bull terrier looking like red face. He's like, get off the grass. And before I can even answer him, he take, he said, I'll take off my belt. You want to fight me? You want to fight me? And all his fucking boys, because that's what they're acting like. They're acting like gangs. So I'm not going to even say offense. All his boys surrounded me. They had their sticks in hand. He's like, come on, me and you, one-on-one. Very frightening. And I didn't commit a crime. I was just walking on grass. All you had to say was, get off the grass. Right? This was 20 years ago. And it turns out, two weeks ago when I protested, I'm walking peacefully. I'm not into all the chants where it talks about NYP, suck my... I'm not into that. I'm too old for that. I'm more mature than that. I'm walking, just marching, right? Uh, I by the way, door. for the record, I'm six years older than you. I'm not too old for that. So don't worry. <laughs> it's getting done. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone that. Suck my dad. So I'm walking with the dog, and this guy, this cop yells at me, get on the, ca- the, the sidewalk. And before I even knew what he was talking about, who he was talking to, I looked back, and it was the same scene. It was a dude grabbing his fucking waistband and his boy surrounding me. Wow. Get up, boy, you didn't hear me? Talking to me that way. I just ignored them. Well, I didn't ignore them. I followed the orders. I went on the sidewalk, but I didn't, you know, talk back to them. They didn't deserve that energy. I also didn't want to get my dog hurt. You know, I, that's what I saw. I saw him doing something to the dog, and that would have been awful. But, you know, it's 20 years later, and, they, they, you know, still the same shit. And I get it down edge. It's hot. They're overworked, but fuck that. It's all the same Whatever. bullshit. Whatever. Yeah, it's exactly. hot, so they got to put together a fight club with strangers. Yeah, yeah. They're what? fucking dirtbags. So, you know, when you when the question is asked, like, uh, about Black Lives Matter, it's very specific to me. It's p- police brutality. You know, but all, obviously all the, the fights that they're in, engaged in, I, I'm in support of a lot of it, but definitely police brutality. I think that's a big thing. To me, it sounded like Sergio said, you know what? I, me too. Okay, I didn't look at all up. But my where I stand, I don't like seeing women abused. <laughs> so I don't know if I get the whole thing. No, I think you no, get but, it. But, well, no, but I think this is what – it gets It gets tricky. This It gets tricky when you engage with, uh, with dirtbags who are like, oh, it wasn't a racist thing. It was a police brutality issue, right? Or they say not all cops do that. So I keep it very specific with just that. Oh, I'm not good at it. I'm absolutely terrible at engaging. Somebody goes, yeah, well, what if? And I go, nope. And then I leave. (laughs) So I'm not the best engager. Don't get me wrong. But you know, Uh, does that make sense to you guys? You know what I mean by that? Yeah. It seems like, um, so some people who are on the other side, you know, are thinking about, you know, uh, the cops who are racist like oh there's only a few racism doesn't really exist it's police brutality then they go back to the other side they go oh racism is an issue whatever so it's very specific it's like police need to be held accountable for their dirtbag actions i try not to get involved with all the other shit because it makes it very complicated uh did you see uh these companies like aunt jemima uncle ben's um, cream of wheat. They're finally changing their racist logos. I, I was yeah. a kid and I knew it felt wrong. I see Uncle Ben and I'm like, I don't know. You're that's a weird fucking face that you're putting on there. It's strange. And I'm from yeah. the country. Yeah, Hamda, how do you feel about that? Um, I don't. I, you know, I it. I start by having feelings and then I I change it to the this. It comes from all the rest of it. It's like um, it's all part of it. You know, just yesterday we learned that um, there used to be in in the in the fair, we you know, like the carnival. 
there used to be a booth where you throw a ball at black people. That was a booth at every fair. And that, that was like, you know, 70 years ago, maybe. And, you know, like, I don't think that people in this country saw black people as human beings. So how could it not trickle down into this is our view of them? This isn't, you know, unless it's black owned, you don't have a perspective unless you have that perspective. You shouldn't be putting out that image. It just goes along with everything else. Yeah. Also, also, if, if, if a people tell you that this is not cool, then like, I don't, I don't really know what to answer. You know, yeah, when you see people fighting for Aunt Jemima's face, well, yeah. you got, you got a problem. Yeah, if somebody was to say like, you know, Hey, Hey, this is, uh, this is a product and it's Israeli. It doesn't come from Israel, but it has some sort of depiction. And I go, Oh, you got it a little off. And they're like, no, because history, this and that. And I'm like, all right. Okay, are we? Is this the conversation we're having? I said you got it a little off. You might want to reconsider, but then no, we got to like escalate it, and now it's a fight over what seems like something very petty. But you don't understand what you have off there. What you have off there is the difference between you seeing me as a human being that I am, which is just another person, and you putting me into this space that you constantly put me in. Uh, PepsiCo, the parent company of Quaker Oats, which has owned the Aunt Jemima brand since 1926, announced it will retire the Aunt Jemima name and image. Oh, that's good. She can retire. Which originated from a racial stereotype. Well, quote, while work has been done over the years to update the brand in a manner intended to be appropriate and respectful, we realize those changes are not enough. Cream of Wheat is also reevaluating its black mascot following the announcements of uh, Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben. The Cream of Wheat uh, parent company is referring to their 130-year-old Beaming Cook logo, which was based on Rostus, a black caricature that had par- appeared in minstrel shows in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. But, why, uh, it, but, but did the memo just arrive? You know, were they slowly changing their logo like, huh? How about now? Not too racist. A little racist. Is a little racist okay? Like, how many letters do you have to get to change your logo? I mean, people... People change their logo j- just to kind of refresh their brand. You didn't want to because you didn't get the memo over a hundred years. Yeah. I don't, you know, what do you say to this? Because it's like, okay, we won something question mark. Like congratulations. Thank you. Just, uh, you know, hide in embarrassment and shame and put out your product hoping that nobody associates it anymore somehow. And you still get to collect your money. What the fuck? Right. But you know what they're doing now? They're changing to Aunt Karen. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And then what's, how, what's how a little tough tap? does it have to be right now for a woman named Karen? Like, just a great person. Her name is Karen. And she looks like that. They all look alike to me, too. That sounds racist, but they all look alike. They look alike. You know, you want to hear how <laughs> tough Karen it is? Like Karen. <laughs> you want to hear what, how tough it is for Karens? It's because I I have insider information. It's fucking not. It, their name is Karen. Karen. What the, what 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 happens? What do you think happens? Oh, your name is Karen. No coffee but, for you. But also also like I th- <laughs> I I, did, I thought it was fun in the beginning, but I'm also like calling them the the, the Karen. I feel like it's just like we it, it could be done. I think everything should be taken. As as it comes, the label Karen it bothers me because it seems so like overdone already. Does it feel like that to you guys? 
I, I don't I have, I have bigger problems. I know more about Black Lives Matter than you. So I'm able to. So I'm very busy. No, the Karen thing doesn't bother me for a fucking half a second. <laughs> no, I, get, I get what you mean, because it becomes sort of like the feel of mob mentality. But we haven't heard one person and Keith is checking the news. I mean, down to newspapers every day. We haven't heard of someone being oppressed or you know, um, threatened because their name was Karen. We're not hearing these stories, not even in people's jokes, not in the news, not nothing. There are no, you know, Karen lives matter. Like what this nothing's happening to Karen. Not even if your name is Karen and you've been the best citizen ever, do, are people mistaking you for what? You might giggle when you hear the name or go like, ah, weird time for you. But my name has been Chemda in this country for 44 years. No worries on Karen. I will. You can call me Karen and uh, you'll be pronouncing my name right for the fucking first time. Who gives a shit? It, 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 it seems so funny how uh, that, that, that woman has always existed. That woman's always existed. You know how many times I've interacted with that woman? And it's just like, it's so crazy how it's in the forefront now. Like it's new, it's new to people. Or I guess it's caught at the perfect time, you know? But that's well, the, the, the videotapes. A week. It's the same thing. Now we have videotapes and so now we're finding actual evidence. So it's not just a joke in your stand-up act or an anecdote that you overhear. It's something that you're seeing freely. What right. kind of well, Karen? Mean, what kind of Karen um, relations have you had? Well, I had a dude that was a fucking Karen, and I told the story that if my wife and my daughter hear this story one more time, they're gonna roll their eyes. But there was a dude who was having his dog shit in front of my building, and I caught him on camera. Right, so I was fucking, I was tight off that. And one day, I'm in the middle of a workout, perfect time. That was a little, you know, extra tight. <laughs> And I right. see him walk by. I shorten the neck because I have a long neck, so I shorten it because I've looked so far. Mm-hmm. And I catch his ass. I said, "Excuse me, can I have a, a, a word with you?" And he's like, "Who are you?" He got very defensive. He knew the deal, right? And I said, "I'm the guy who has video footage of your dog taking a shit, and you're not cleaning up after it." And he was like, "Who are you? Are you the super?" That's what he said. I was like, "No, I'm the homeowner, motherfucker. Stay right there. I'll show you the footage." And then he starts walking around. He got scared, of course. Right, so I'm walking after him, and he's with his two little fucking dogs there. And I say, "Hey, look at the footage! Look at the footage!" And he crosses the street, and he says, "I'm not a bitch." I say, "You're not a bitch. You're a fucking coward." So if you want, and then I, and then I, you know, I got a little because the whole super thing and the fact that he was telling me that he's gonna call the cops it was fucking bonkers. Like, how do you be, play the victim? Your dog is shitting in front of my building, and I have to clean it up. So. Like I'm the victim of this shit. You're fucking polluting in front of my. my Did friend. he ever he do it again? Cops. Yeah, he, no, he called the cops on me. What? You know what yeah, and he lives right on my block. So every time I see him, he lives like pretend he's on the phone. The cops are fucking decent enough, you know. They they were fine. They didn't want to deal with it. But what I'm saying is, I fucking interacted with the, with those assholes all the time. This fucking sense of entitlement, you know. It's like, oh, I'm better than you. They got this fucking. They feel superior, you know, for whatever reason. You know, yeah, what's that? Yeah, it's in that Jay Z song, Dudes is Karen's too, right? He raps. I don't know, it could be anything. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, workers at an Amazon warehouse in Chicago have voiced outrage at the company after the facility offered employees an authentic meal in quotes of chicken and waffles to celebrate the Juneteenth. 
Oh, Lord. Juneteenth, Juneteenth, of course, commemorates the day in 1865 that Texas slaves received news of the freedom. Only took two years later for the Emancipation Proclamation to get down to Texas, right? Uh, so they said, hey, how about you make it a paid company holiday if you want to give us something? And Amazon in Chicago said, right, or watermelon also? Like, what do you what do you want? I don't Holy know what you want. shit. That's they, like, they, they, okay, someone comes over to my house instead of bringing like, you know, some weed that I would actually smoke. They're like, falafel? And I'm like, right. fuck. I mean, yes, I like falafel, but falafel's great. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I was born in Israel. Like, you try it. It'll be good. Like, who doesn't like watermelon? Stop. Right. <laughs> like, chicken, chicken and waffles has become like an uppity meal in some places. But it's, you're not... I, made up what are you talking and, about right and amazon said i, I we didn't see the problem because we bought we were getting the chicken waffles from a black owned restaurant oh lord they went the, they're bragging they did the extra mile i feel <laughs> by the way i feel like a piece of shit because andrea got food at a local restaurant and she goes and i can feel good because it's black owned now why didn't just let her enjoy the meal and that restaurant for the rest of her life i don't know but i go i know this restaurant during my drinking days i'd be there all the time and uh, I've never seen a black worker in my life. In fact, I've seen the owner and he's not black. So Andrew does some research. The wife is not black, but considers herself black. And so now she's on the, they're on the list of black. Yeah, she's a regular Rachel Dolezal. And this she, restaurant claims she, that it's owned mean, by black mean, people. What do you mean considers herself yeah. black? Right, exactly. No, you're right. <laughs> what does she that can relate. Know? She can relate. You know, you have transgender, you have, you have black, trans black. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, and now they're on a list of black owned of black owned restaurants. Yeah, because you just they just added to the list and like, oh, wait a minute, who's black? Like, I kind of relate. Oh, I want to know the name of this place. You don't feel comfortable saying? Uh, Snowdonia in Astoria. Oh, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> yeah, there's no black people. <laughs> it's called Snowdonia, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I performed there once. Yeah. 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 Remember remember the, the black guy that paid you? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't either. Uh, Tina Fey is requesting the removal of 30 rock episodes featuring blackface. Apparently over all the seasons there's four different episodes that she doesn't want uh streaming or in syndication. Huh. Now I guess I so you know, I guess you can still get it on DVD and whatnot, but so what what does this do? What do you guys because I didn't see it. What do you guys think about that? Because a lot of people defend that show in saying it was very, very, very offensive, but somehow it was on the right side. When well, I've I've seen that's, the show. That's how I that's how I hear it's not that I've never seen episodes, but I don't know the show, but it feels like that's what people say. But what does that mean? When somebody does an inappropriate thing, like the, Liz Lemon is on on the side of good normally. I th that's the way I remember it. And if somebody does an offensive thing, it's obviously that they're the asshole. So if somebody's in blackface, it's obviously that they're the asshole. I don't know. It's it's you know it's not my place to say. I guess, but uh, you know, obviously she talked to people and felt uncomfortable about it. But to me, it's like weird. And now I would just have to go out of my way to find these episodes. I'm like, mm. did I get to the part yet where she won't let me watch this show anymore? But again, it's not my place to say, but it is weird. I don't so does twelve years a slave go away, like because we're not seeing that depiction or I don't 
I don't know how to compare it, and I'm, I think I'm comparing it weird, but it's like, again, I don't know the show, and I don't know how I, mean, I feel. Like, of, I don't know how I feel about taking things down like that. I, yeah, what do you it's think? just like you know, I feel like there's so many. It, it, it never stops, right? It's like that shit never stops. That keep on going. I'm like the attention for me, like when I'm like, wow, this is something that requires some research. Is how are some of these arrests being handled? One that was controversial that I had mixed feelings about was Rayshaw Brooks, that kid in Atlanta that was killed by the cop. He fell asleep in the drive through Wendy's, and he was obviously intoxicated. The, the cop who initially stopped him, well, didn't stop him. He fell asleep at the drive through so carbs are going around him. And... He woke, he, he, he woke Rayshard up. The cop woke him up, takes him to the side. He said, have you been drinking? He's like, yeah, I had one drink. It's a long, drawn-out thing. That the first cop calls a, 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 a special, uh, I guess, one of the DUI cops, special unit. He comes in, goes through the whole thing, the DUI test or whatever, and Rayshard fails. So he goes to arrest him. And the interaction between Rashad and the cops was all kind of like light and funny. And then Rashad resist, resisted. He runs away from the cop. They get into the tussle. He grabs the taser, turns around, points the taser, shoots it at the cop. The cop kills him. Right? My initial thought was like, yo, why, would a, why the fuck would you take a, a taser from a cop Shoot it at them, if you know, especially during this time, and and, and this is what resulted in. So uh, my initial thought was like, how the fuck did, was he? Why, why did he do that? It cost him his life. And I felt like, yeah, of course the cops are gonna kill you, but I shouldn't think that way, right? And the reform is having someone else deal with that shit, right? Because cops are unable to deal with that. The guy wasn't violent. Now the guy was committing a crime. He was probably drinking and driving, but he wasn't armed. He ran in fear or he ran because he was drunk. I'm just saying there could be so many different ways that those situations could be handled, right? Of course. So, of course. Right? So I'm, these, these cops, by the way, they taser each other for fun. They have their little fight clubs like we're talking about. And, you know, that was cute. And it's the way I had to uh, go through tear gas in the army. They, they, they know what a taser is. They know it can only be shot at you once. And the guy just lost his shit and fired an actual gun. No, there's no excuse. No, right, and also so if there's if there's a person who's quote unquote an expert in DUI, what the okay, then that person knows sometimes people run when they're drunk. Right. Uh, it's it, what's funny is like yeah. uh, my brother Andrew like really actually just runs. He's like, oh, I feel like going for a run, and he just like runs because he's a <laughs> runner, and it's he's not running away from anything. He's just like, I can't with all this energy. I gotta run, but yeah, you should be able to run away without getting killed. Yeah, he, yeah. As a cop, you're supposed to know he's not doing anything. Right. Right. And, so, I, and I know I have his car. I know who this guy is. Where you running? I'll find you. Yeah. yeah so when I hear, I, I think yeah, it's, 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 it's funny and interesting at times to hear like what people get worked up about. But to go back into like the archives of, of uh, you know, a 30 Rock or something for blackface, that's just crazy to me because I felt like the attention could be put like elsewhere with like all the fresh shit coming out. That's blatantly like 
disrespectful to humanity. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, like, like when you have the marches going, you don't see a lot of signs complaining about season five, episode three. <laughs> An off-duty LAPD cop. By the way, just yeah. and this is a, a maybe a minor detail. That guy, even though technically he was probably and most likely we all know he was driving drunk, he wasn't driving when he was caught. He was That's sleeping. Correct. That's, That's not even. They actually don't have anything to arrest him on. What they need to do as peaceful protectors is to just get him the fuck home. I agree. I agree. And I was being generous with the assumption that he was drinking and driving, you know, because he, wa- he, uh, he was, he was, he was, but you yeah, know, I wanted to on. make sure that I made that clear, you know, like, we, but when they caught him, he was sleeping, you know? Right. So it's I, like, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say an off-duty LAPD cop claims he found a tampon in a Starbucks Frappuccino as his police union decried the act as a disgusting assault on law enforcement. Now, you're known right now for being a gang that kills people, these cops. How do you use the words uh, a, a disgusting assault? On okay, but, had a- but, but time out. I would call it a disgusting assault. Okay, what are you going to do about it? People assault each other on the street. Now it's you. So what do you do when there's a tampon in the fucking Frappuccino? What does the law say? Go back and read the fucking book and do the procedure that needs to stop that kind of behavior. Period. End of story. Period. Yes, pun. I don't give a shit. And and it's like, it's not that I don't give a shit because I'm a fucking asshole. It's that this is petty crimes that you didn't give a fuck about when I called you for 911 about something like this. You just went through your procedures and you said, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. I'm just trying to ma'am, ma'am. You did all that. Well, sir or ma'am or whatever the fuck you want. What what happens when there's a tampon in the Frappuccino? That's it. This isn't fucking headline news. Absolutely. Fucking amen. The the incident uh, happened last Friday around 2.30 p.m. at a Starbucks in Diamond Bar, California, but only came out in the report Monday evening after a police report was filed. Uh, Why didn't you tell me the story then when it happened? Uh, (laughs) The the 36-year-old off-duty cop was not in uniform, found what he believed to be a tampon in his Frappuccino after using his police union debit card. So he's saying people saw the card go, ah, I know you're a cop. I'm going to put a tampon. Then you have to have a tampon ready. Never happened. In a scathing statement, the LAPD union said this disgusting assault on a police officer was carried out by someone with hatred in their heart and who lacks human decency. You didn't make speeches like this during Black Lives Matter. I saw the cops speeches. It was you were the ones being assaulted. Uh, Let's see. They have hate in their heart. We hope they are publicly exposed, fired, arrested, and prosecuted for their cowardly and repugnant actions. And, of course, then it comes out uh, that no foul play was solved at all. Well, then everything your union just said should happen to this person happens to this this cop that just made up there was a fucking tampon in. Of course, he did it himself. And by we the way, re- if that, that was a short list of a lot of things. What was it prosecuted? What was that list? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, publicly exposed. Okay. Go what ahead. does that mean? That means you come to my house to beat me up? Publicly exposed, fired, arrested, prosecuted. Okay, that those four fucking things. When you kneel on a person's neck and then that person dies, can we compare that to the goddamn fucking tampon and give that list to those people too? What right. list do you have so quickly? You have that list so quickly. Look, look what should be done. I have a tampon in my thing that never happened. And even if it did, I'm alive and I went home to what the fuck my home situation is. But right. this is what 
Okay. And I know that we went over this already, but four cops on one person and they're waiting for backup. My question is, what happens when the backup comes comes here? Now you can handle this person? There are fucking four of you. What were you trying to manage for eight minutes and 46 seconds? What was happening? You murderers. Okay, sorry. I know that well, that... But there's, that. A tampon, there's a tampon in a cop, so you need to, uh, you know... Uh, publicly, blah blah blah, arrest, fire, prosecute, but we don't know what to do about uh, Brianna Taylor's cops. No, yeah. no one's sure just yet what what yeah, goes on with that. Yeah, they're passing laws. The, the no, no breaking, no. Uh, what, what, what's the no uh, knock, no knock no, warrants? Yeah, no knock warrant. They passed a law because of the, what how the cops conducted their business regarding Brianna Taylor. But the cops are still not arrested. How do you pass a law, Sergio? Please, please. Please, Sergio, they're investigating. This tampon thing, they got figured out. They got to figure it out. That's, yeah, that's just, wild. boom, boom, this is what you should do. But they're still so, investigating. Yeah, so, you know, like, when I hear all these stories, I, I need to learn about them, right? I need to, like, holy shit, how does this shit go on? But then all this other stuff is starting to surface, right? We get it in the media. We get it on social media. And it, it uh, personally, it becomes a little bit, overwhelming for me as an individual. I don't know how you guys feel, but it affects you. And then it's like, fuck, man, I need to make sure that the mind and body is right. And if I'm going to resist and march or whatever, it needs to be done with like a goal in mind. Because if not, then you feel like you're all over the place, like reacting to everything. And I don't want to be a reactionary. <laughs> and like, it's so easy to go on Facebook and just to react to everything. You know? Let me ask like, you, you know, this. You, you, have a, you have a pit bull, right? You said? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, is it because you kind of are one? You're just like so. I'm all over the place. Where's Where's the phone? <laughs> I'm also really trying to get you guys to feel me, feel the energy, and it feels a little hard because you guys are this small on my screen. You know, if I was in person, I would be grabbing your forearm. No social distance etiquette. I would I would have gave Keith like three of these. You know, <laughs> Keith, you, you've seen me before. I spit when I talk. You got passion, brother. You got passion. <laughs> Uh, this uh, this Starbucks happens to be inside a Target, and Target said, "We take these allegations seriously." Thank <laughs> no, you. you. Oh, thank you. Yes, let's begin with you taking it seriously. Okay, great. We have reviewed video footage and have not found any suspicious behavior. We have shared the video with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department and look forward to the conclusions of their investigation. So we can laugh and giggle, you fucking idiots. We're so looking forward to it. You cops are liars. And the latest thing is faking that your food was fucked with. Officers who police union falsely claimed were poisoned by Shake Shack reportedly never had symptoms. That's one story. A Kansas officer claimed McDonald's employees wrote a derogatory term on his cup. He made it up, the police chief says. A cop accused McDonald's employees of taking a bite out of his sandwich. Turns out he forgot that he ate it. These are all true headlines. Police officer claims Burger King served him dirt and viral Facebook post. It was actually seasoning. You're known for being liars. And by the way, you fucking pigs, quit eating that shit. You're, that's why you got to shoot people when they run. Because they can run away. You don't know how you're ever going to catch them, you pear-shaped fuck. <laughs> you should be embarrassed walking the streets. Your job is to be physically fit. That is your job. What the fuck? I talk for a living. I'm more physically fit. What the fuck? How are you ashamed? I'm going to, you know what Burger King did? How the fuck would you ever know what Burger King did? 
Wait, why is that on your radar what Burger King did? You know, you should tell Kyle that as long as you're in better shape than most of the cops you see on the street, yeah. you're good. Yeah. Yeah, they, like, they, they, they look so dumb with that. Even when they're not wearing a bulletproof vest, it looks like they're wearing a bulletproof vest right as well. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of fucking dick bags. All right, let's switch gears right here. Batman director Joel Schumacher passed away at 80 years old. He uh, is the director of St. Elmo's Fire. Not really my bag, but he made The Lost Boys, the greatest vampire movie of all time. Oh, what a great look. movie. It's so good. Maggots, I got to rewatch that. It did not hit me like it did everybody else, and I saw it in the theater. He convinces, he convinces Michael he's eating maggots. It was just rice. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. He goes, well, why don't you have some of my noodles? Just kidding. They're snakes. Just kidding. They're noodles again. What? What? That's a trip. So anyway. R.I.P. Very good movie. R.I.P. He also did uh, Falling Down, a fantastic movie. That, 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 remember that guy? Another Michael. He goes into Michael Douglas. He goes into uh, uh, McDonald's type joint and he gets his shitty burger and goes, no. Look at, see this burger? Why does it look like that picture on the thing? And then he takes out a gun. Oh, it's so good. Because we all want to do that. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, the the bus from the movie that was mentioned in the movie Into the Wild, uh, where this guy burns all his uh, burns all his money and just wants to travel the world. He, he goes to Alaska. Uh, people have been trying to go to this bus in the middle of nowhere, and they keep dying. So the government had to remove the bus. They got a helicopter and they carried the bus away. So it'll probably be in the Smithsonian or something for being a famous bus. But people hike out there and they die. Just like the main the main character died. Did they not finish the movie? He dies in that bus. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, I got to check out this bus. Oops, I'm dead, too. Where's the bus? In the middle in of, Alaska. The, of quicksand? In the middle of Alaska. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's just so cold and in uh, terrible conditions. Christopher McCandless, he was the guy. He spent 114 days inside the bus. What? Why? Because it was like a home. He wanted to live on the on the ground. And he's like, no, actually, it's uh, very cold. So I'll live on in this bus that happens to be here broken down. Oh, okay. And then he then he passed away. Over the years, bikers have braved the rough terrain to catch a glimpse of the historic bus, sometimes resulting in injuries and even death. Last year, a newlywed woman from Belarus died trying to reach the site. From 2009 to 2017, there were 15 search and rescue operations related to the bus. It's unclear where the bus will end up. Hold on. So then, okay, let me just get the process of this. You read a book or watch a movie, and there's a reference to somebody dying in the thing, right? Yeah. Then you know where it is because of the book, but you still have to like find it when you Google the place. I imagine death comes up every fucking time. <laughs> and then and then you go, nah, not me. I'm in killer shape somehow different than all these other people in various shapes. I I don't what happened? Do we yeah. care about these people? <laughs> Can you find the care? Again, uh, I didn't see any of these people's names on uh, signs during marches. Okay. So probably not. Probably not too much. What an adventure. Uh, Here, What happens when you're so close to the bus and you're like, worth it? Right. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a fun clip today. This is of Deborah Baber. 
Uh, she was testifying before the Ventura County Board of Supervisors to protest requirements that people wear masks in public. I want you to hear what's going on out there. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. Again, uh, Deborah Baber, Ventura County Board of Supervisors. Let me mention this. Sergio Chacon, you want to follow online, Twitter account, Sergio Chacon. Instagram with the thirst traps is exactly the same. And you want to download the podcast, DBS Podcast. Thank you, Keith. Sergio Chacon talks and hits topics on DBS. Sometimes stands for different things, right? Dirtbag stories, dirtbag shit, drugs boost sobriety, dog snakes boxing. It's an honest and real podcast. It's to entertain you, educate you, inspire you. You, you, you feel his passion even if you're just hearing this. So uh, check it out. Download it. DBS podcast. Hit subscribe. Do yourself the favor. Good seeing you again. Appreciate You're looking it. good. I feel good, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, I really can you just? It. You look good, but can you, I'm seeing a little too much neck. If you could just, just, just a little <laughs> less. Shorten it. If you could, it just, is a skill. Yeah. It is a skill. Like goes into your body. It's, it's not just your man. shoulders. Yeah, yeah, it's like that's yeah. my. Hmm. <laughs> hey, what's up? It sounds like your your uh, pit bull isn't what people would think when you think pit bull. Is it? Do you still like show it around to scare people though? Like, do you, we walk on the street, knowing she, like that. She is so sweet and friendly. She disarms anybody with the wag of a tail. She makes eye contact. Everybody walks up to her and pets her. Which I wish she was a little more aloof. She's not. She's very friendly and inviting. To strangers' energy. So I get all types of people touching my dog. I gotta like wash her. After mm-hmm. every walk, man, because, you know, listen, I don't want the dude who's been sleeping under uh, the fucking bridge for six weeks who smells like urine kissing and, and, and fondling yeah. my dog. But the thing is, I feel like I'm giving them a little slice of joy, so I allow it, and I'm a little scared, but I, it's like, damn, you know, dirty nails just touching my, my dog's yeah. face. Dude. Do you ever try to toughen your dog up? I'm not saying pull a Michael Vick, but do you ever like, hey, Absolutely you- you not. You have a jaw that, like a shark does. Use it. It's crazy, man. She's she's built like Monty Pacquiao. She got the little waist and these shoulders, and but she's a sweetheart. And we play a little tug of war and everything. But she doesn't have a mean bone in her body, man. There's nothing I could do to her. Even if I wanted to do that, it wouldn't work. She's a she's a jolly dog. Right. And to be clear, to be clear, the dog's a little less racist than Manny, right? Is Manny is he racist or homophobic? Or homophobic? I think that's what kid. it is. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, everybody <laughs> no, 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 no. I think he's homophobic, <laughs> and this has happened like seven years ago. Why you say I'm a big boxing fan? He said, "Manny um, Pacquiao, I don't think many men should uh, do this. I don't think because Jesus don't like it." And so Manny Pacquiao, I love Jesus, but the the, the gays, oh, that's no good. The gay marriage, no good. That's right. And the man and his manager is like. What was the fucking question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how the fuck did that come up? Right. <laughs> no one asked you. And he, no used, asked. he used to sing. He's like, Manny Pacquiao don't think men should. No, that's no good. No good. Too, yeah, too two no index point. fingers no, touching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does the finger help at all during sex somehow? I, it doesn't use it, man. He doesn't. He's not allowed in the club anymore. He just that makes outside. sense. Yeah, <laughs> he's, that, he's that short dude with the scar. Like I'm just gonna post up right here and watch the car. Yeah, he he doesn't get any love. Oh my no god, love. Sergio, yeah, exactly what a fucking pleasure. 
<laughs> thank you so you much for being with us um also by the way if you want to find the kind of zen that sergio has like a very down-to-earth very just kind of relaxed with a lot of energy join us for omat club you go to keithandthegirl.com slash omat we run through one minute exercises it's very very easy and you can get a four-week course keithandthegirl.com slash omat keith is there every morning xerxes is there and we hope to see you there also and wear a mask in public indoor places, all right? But we show both sides of everything. So here's Deborah's point of view. Are you going to be wearing masks when you come in? Are you going to obey that city? And if not, then how in the world are you expecting any of us to obey anything that you say? I protest face coverings. I am a healthy American. I used to be free. I am not a terrorist. I am not Antifa. I am not a sex slave that wears masks. I am not into sadomasochism and bondage. I am not a burglar. I am not a pandering politician like we see here and here and here and here. I am a proud Trump Republican, Trump Republican, yearning to be free again. Who are you, victim or victor? If you are offended by anything I have said, by the masses of people, then I am offended by the masses of people who do not question your wholesale slaughter of our constitutional and inalienable rights. Shame on all of you. Let liberty ring. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. From the oceans to the prairies to the mountains, white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home. Let liberty ring! Thank you for your comments. And it's Baber, Deborah Baber. Thank you very much. You should know better. Com.